Thank you for tuning to the Outlaw Podcast with your host, Robert Dalton. New episodes weekly. Like, share, and subscribe. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the Outlaw Podcast. I'm joined today by my co-host, Dalton, for the first time. How are we doing, guys? Today we're going to be talking about uh, the discipline within the Army, uh, comparing it to the modern-day soldier, um, and to GWAT and uh, soldiers from the past, um, you know, 60, 70 years. Um, I'm going to hand it over to Dalton. He's going to start on some talking points, and we'll we'll discuss them and put our opinion out there. Well, guys, I uh, appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, yeah, you know, we, we've, I don't know, between the two of us, we probably have almost 20 years of military experience. We have served together for a while, and here recently we've, you know, came into an issue that has really started plaguing the lower ranks in the military. And that is just the generic soldier that we are now getting out of initial training in AIT. And and it's not to say that these these guys are, you know, terrible or whatever. It's the it's the amount of training that they get before they get to their line unit. Or I'd say, you know, the lack the lack thereof. Exactly. Lack of training. Lack of training. Um like for instance, we got here recently in our unit. We got a couple. Of, we got, I don't know, probably I'd say ten soldiers out of the ten. I can probably say two of them were semi up to snuff, at least on the discipline aspect of you know showing up prepared, on time, ready, ready to get into their line unit, and probably the other eight. You know, they were either late, out of uniform, didn't know what the heck they were doing. Didn't know, didn't know who to report to, which a lot of it ain't, I'm not going to say it's really their fault, but it's their lack of preparedness before, beforehand. And so, like, today we're literally just going to compare, you know, soldiers from our day, how whenever we joined, the, the atmosphere that we were introduced to versus, you know, today's atmosphere of, we're coming into, I wouldn't say really peacetime, but we don't have that many active war zones in today's world. Yeah, like, like, I mean, the GWAT, like, is still going on, um, even after the fall of Afghanistan. But um, the world's not as kinetic as it used to be. Um, I mean, now there's really two kinetic places, and that's Syria and then different parts of Africa. And that's it. Yeah, that's all we got, you know. So when it comes to, you know, getting ready for deployments and such and such and getting in a combat mentality that, hey, I'm going, might not come back, et cetera, et cetera, and people understanding that, it, these soldiers that we're getting today are more lackadaisical when it comes to serious matters such as, hey, we got to do X, Y, Z for training. We got to be at this time, at this, at this moment, so that way, hey, we can get this, we can knock out this block of training, understand the training, and mentally grasp the training to understand, hey, this, we're training for this, so that way whenever it comes to this, we know what the hell we're doing. These soldiers more of just are wanting to do the check the box deal all the way down. And when it comes to checking the box, it's like, well, yeah, we can all just check the box, but if you're not under, if you're not understanding and comprehending why you're giving this block of training. Like, for instance, I'll give an example. We were doing a 240 PMI. Um, I, we probably had, what, 12, 15, 16 soldiers around us? Yeah, yeah. 
and we're giving this PMI, you know, disassembling the weapon, going over the actual... And a caveat to that, we had um, some Air Force special operators out there. So for the older guys, at least from our generation, <clears throat> we're always, like, super, um, super glad to have um, any type of, like, special operator out there with us to do the training, um, whether it's for us or for our, uh, our juniors. So <clears throat> with, uh, with having the Air Force JTACs, we had some 18 Bravos out there as well, having them there for us was, you know, almost it was an almost invaluable asset. Um, whereas like our juniors, they didn't really, now I won't say all of them, but the vast majority of them just didn't, um, didn't have that appreciation for the, uh, the knowledge that was out there. Right. Like for instance, we've never, our unit as a whole, we're a conventional unit. So us as conventional soldiers, we don't really get to delve into the world of the, of the special operators that much. We like. Granted, a couple of us have deployed with the guys. We understand how they operate. But whenever they come down to our level and start training us, this that's the time where you're like, hey, this is serious. we got to buckle down. These guys are actually spending their time, their knowledge, their skill base, and they're wanting to pass it on to you. That, like, that's not something you get. Most people in today's world, in the civilian world, they pay thousands of dollars to get just any type of block of instruction by these guys but you yourself since you joined and you're you're getting the opportunity to do it for free and you're being lackadaisical about it that that goes down it's not because they're they don't have the same appreciation yeah it's not they just don't have the same appreciation and it and it all stems from really the same source and that is their initial training yeah and how they're disciplined whenever they come into their initial training so So, like for instance they're like today's difference between like, what is the difference, if there even is a di- difference, between the GWAT times, I'll say, we'll, we'll, we'll give it all the way to 2018 and prior. We'll go from 2018 to prior versus 2019 to now in newer soldiers. All right. Like, for instance, like, I'm just, we're going to, Robert, we're going to go on your experience here. Whenever you join, man, what was your first initial training so incident that you I, remember? So I joined in 2014. So and I know Dalton joined around the same time as well. So for for me personally, like joining the military was always something I was going to do. Um, a lot of my family had served um, in pretty much every war since probably the Rev War, the Civil War. So for me, it was it was already it was an understood thing that I was going to do. And joining at that time, the GWAT was still very much going on. Um, so I had that, I had the mental, I, I would say headspace that like, I knew that I was going to be deployed at some point to a combat zone. And I had that, you know, in the, in my background or in, like the back of my head, the entire time I went through uh basic training in IT. But <clears throat> when I was in basic, the, um, all my drill sergeants, uh, two drill sergeants came from a uh, second, one came from second, uh, ranger battalion. The other one came from third ranger battalion. Um, and everybody else either had CABS, um, Combat Action Badge, or the CIB, the Combat Infantryman's Badge. Um, and they'd all, you know, been to Afghanistan or Iraq or somewhere in the GWAT. So their level of training, um, I would say, was vastly superior to now um, just because they had that real-world training. I know now, <clears throat> at least, um, I went to a school down at Fort Benning. I would say a solid 75 to 80% of the drill sergeants now that are out there teaching recruits have never de- combat deployed. Um, 
or they've never deployed. They've stayed, you know, within the states. Um, and it's to me, it's quite sad that they're. That's the. Um, I guess that's the level of training that these uh, recruits are getting. Which I understand. Like some people, they just never got the opportunity to deploy. But I believe if you're going to train the next generation of soldiers and warfighters, that you should have that combat experience. Um, but no, like when I went in, it was it, it was pretty much it was balls to the wall every single day. Um, from going out to all, all three of our FTXs, uh, we'd be woken up with the um, the call to prayer, and then immediately after the call to prayer, they'd start dropping RD sims and shooting blanks at us to get us in that mindset of it might be a small thing. I thought it was a small thing at the time, but um, <clears throat> that's the way back in the GWAT that uh, the jihadis operated. After the call to prayer in the morning and in the evening, then they would usually attack the base. Yeah, I mean it was it was a common thing, so it kind of put that you know that. That that thought in the back of your mind, um, and now I, I really I don't know what the average soldier goes through on basic training, but I do know I was sitting in an airport in Atlanta um, after I graduated my class, and I was just scrolling through Instagram, and I saw on the U.S. Army's uh, PAO page their public affairs basic trainees were carving pumpkins on freaking Halloween, <laughs> like oh carving pumpkins on Halloween. I remember I was in AIT on Halloween. I got my fucking ass smoked. I was in basic in Halloween, and they didn't even recognize the day. We got, I remember we we woke up that morning, and it was like week three for me, and we woke up that morning, I had a little short drill instructor, motherfucker was mean as hell. <laughs> well, we ended up, uh, we ended up running, I don't know, eight miles total that day, back, we did our first, I think we did four miles on our initial run for PT in the morning. And then because it was a holiday, we ended up running back and forth to and from Chow. And I remember going to Chow and I, so the Chow lines were kind of split. So on both sides, it was supposed to be basic. Well, basic training and initial training, uh, people were supposed to be eating here. But since someone was doing, it was like their last, their last Chow, I guess. In basic training, they kind of had everything laid out for them on the other side. So we're sitting there watching these guys, you know, chow down on this good food, and we're sit. We got two minute. We got two to five minutes to eat, depending on the day. And hey, that that's all we got. Yeah. And yeah. now soldiers are eating freaking steak and lobster in basic training. Like no shit. I was at Fort Benning, and <clears throat> um, half the chow hall is split. So you have one side that's for, like, NCOs, officers, stuff like There's normal soldiers with that are stationed with the units there at Fort Benning. And the other side's for the TRADOC uh, guys. And um, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, whichever day was the surf and turf day, um, basic, trainings, basic trainees were walking around with freaking steaks and lobster tails on their plates. And I, I was just – I was in utter disbelief. Like, I couldn't tell you – Honestly, I can remember one meal that we had pretty regularly when I was a basic. It was chicken cordon bleu. Yep, and chicken that was it. Was like I can't, I can't remember any other type of meal ha- that I had in basic training other than chicken cordon bleu and freaking MREs. That like was that was it. it. Like, was I, 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 like I can't conceptualize any other type of food I got from the DFAC uh, in basic training. Chicken and, cordon bleu is pretty damn good. Though. It was. It was. It was yeah. Chicken that's, ham. Freaking th- cheese, that's man. probably why we remember it though. Is because yeah. we were like, oh, chicken cordon bleu. Yes. And I remember, I think it was the final FTX. We did that. I did, we did a 16 mile ruck from the training area back to uh, what we call the starships. Yep. Um, the base training barracks. 
And I think we got done, and they gave us Gatorade and a freaking Special K chocolate bar. Yep. Like chocolate yep. peanut butter bar. Che- yep. And I was, I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. I haven't had sugar in freaking nine weeks. And But now, like, they're walking around. They can get muffins, freaking cookies, all this different type of juice and stuff. I went, and I down, like, to, I went down to Fort Jackson. This was probably 2021, 2022. I went and saw a friend of mine graduate from basic. And I'm sitting there, and I went I went down a day early because I didn't want to be late for his graduation day. And I'm just I'm just walking around, you know, in my uniform. And I'm an NCO, so I'm walking. I don't – me as an NCO, I don't expect special treatment, but in initial training, I'm like kind of expecting – I'm kind of expecting everyone to either, you know, if no one's on the – if no one's on the pad when I go to say hey, hey to the drill instructors – you know, better freaking call it because one of the on. one of the drill instructors, me and him went to basic together, and Jesus. he just yeah feel exactly. <laughs> so I went I went to one of the starships since I was a day early. I went to one of the starships to see my buddy, and I walked. There's like ten or twelve soldiers on the pad, and you know, back back when I was in basic, if an NCO's foot hit the pad, it was at ease every yeah. time. Yeah, and I mean, I noticed that there wasn't no NCO out there, so I was like, crap, here we go. There, everyone's gonna call at ease. I'm gonna have to say carry on, blah blah blah, whatever. So my foot hits the pad. I make it all the way to the middle of the starship, and not a soul has said anything. They haven't even looked. Which, granted, I understand confusion. I got this little flipping rank on my chest. I get yeah, it. Yeah, it's like the last day before you graduate, so everybody's like running around, like all excited and shit. Yeah, yeah, and on I, their and phones I, now. Apparently, that's another issue. Yeah, like. What in the world? I the invention of the cell phone was like the fucking downfall of the United States Army. I swear to God. Even with soldiers coming to the line, it's all they do. <clears throat> like back in our day, like when we were back, like you know, privates and specialists, like there was an art. There was a there was an art to shaming, to shaming. and getting out of work. Yep. Now they just sit out in the fucking open on their phone, scrolling freaking TikTok or Instagram or whatever. Like don't even try to hide it anymore. No, they're not. And then they like, give you. They look. They look at you like you have a freaking dick growing out of your forehead when you tell them, like, "Hey, man, like we got we got some work to do." And they're just like in utter disbelief. Like, you mean to tell me I have to freaking work? Like, oh. God forbid you do your freaking job. And it's even worse in the field. Oh, it's terrible in the field. Like on our last FTX, I remember we we got down at the two forty range. Like I said, we gave the PMI. I finally got done. Being on a range paper, safety. The paper quality? No, the pop-ups. Oh, that was the was, range Yeah, yeah, you're at the 50. Um, so we finally get, finally after we got done waiting on one unit to finally get there, I'm going to say no names on units, but we're just going to leave it at that. Um, a they, certain field support company. Absolutely. Thank way. you. Yeah, Thank you. Um, they finally got to the range after us having the range open for five hours. And there's also the same uh, Ford Sport Company that was running the 50 cal in the Mar 19 range, but I'll get into that once he's done because that, <laughs> that was a whole shit show. Well, and, the, and these so when we train these soldiers, you know, at the at the 240 on paper, and then bring them over to the pop ups. And I got two soldiers; they're great. They were doing great. I mean, they're newer soldiers too, but they picked up everything I was saying. They're very responsive, and I was like, oh shit, we might have some, you know. Some decent shooters. We, we might have some decent shooters here. And they, they did. They shot fine and whatever. But when it comes time that they were finally done, we had to expend the extra ammo that we had. Yeah, exactly. And 
as soon as it's like, all right, expend all ammo, we, the one of the two soldiers brings out the phone and is like, all right, I gotta get some video oh, yeah. crap. Let's and I'm get like, some fucking Instagram. Oh my out. gosh! Like, okay, I, let's not do this for instance. Let's get off the range and get back so that way I don't miss Chow for the third night in a row. Yeah, you know, because I mean, we you have hit times you have to make. And expending ammo shouldn't take more than fifteen minutes. No, Certainly I mean, you just start freaking with, bells together, and especially just, with machine guns. Like, send it. Well, we finally get done there, and we get back, and I have ten soldiers sitting back at the AO. And granted, there ain't nothing to do, and I get that, but they're blatantly out in the open on their cots, bundled up in their sleeping bags. Just sleeping. It's not cold outside. Yeah, I was gonna say it wasn't even freaking cold. It wasn't even it was cold. Warm. Yeah, and I, I just, I just kind of looked around and I was like, you know, if this was old army and if I was an old NCO, get my, you'd be smoking the shit like, out of everybody. Like they, they, I would make sure they would be tired by the time I got done with them, so they could go to sleep and have a reason to sleep. Yeah, like that's how my NCOs thought whenever I, I. First Agreed. joined. Agreed. Like, if you didn't do jack all day, and you're out there just chilling. Twiddling your thumbs. Twiddling your, yeah. And you get caught sleeping. Yeah. Like, you're done. Unless like, you unless you were creative about it. I, yeah, unless, yeah, yeah now, time. now that's the thing. If you, were, if you were at least smart about it, you didn't get, you didn't get got as bad. Yeah. I just remember getting in the truck and like acting like I was doing something and just falling asleep. Yeah, like, now that's I mean, different. Like if you if you if if you're in like an LMTV and you go to sleep in the third seat working on your radio, yeah, and and someone opens the door and you wake up to it, yeah, I'm not gonna be mad or half as mad. But if you're blatantly doing it out in the open, okay, now now we have a problem because now you're not showing discipline to keep your flipping eyes open. Now I will say this: I let my soldiers sleep. Um, like I currently. Going back to the last podcast, or like with the whole the uh, the recruiting and the manning problems, like <clears throat> I don't have a driver, so my gunner is basically acting as my driver at this current moment, mm-hmm. and um, I let him <clears throat> because he obviously drove me everywhere, and he was you know he was working his you know, working his ass off. So whenever there wasn't anything to do, I told him I was like you know go freaking go hide, go hide in the truck, and get some sleep. Because obviously there's nothing to do. So there's, there's, you know, with anything that goes on in life in the military, there's always a time and purpose. Yeah, there's a time and place for everything. Yeah, time and place. Time and place. Like, there's a, there is a time and place for everything. And if your NCO says, hey, man, you're done for the day, go rack out, that's fine. But I knew these soldiers. I knew they hadn't done nothing. And I knew the reason they hadn't done nothing. And when you're in an AO with, a bunch of brass walking around that can just walk up on you. Yeah. Commanders, freaking PLs. We're co-located with battalion. So battalion commander, battalion sergeant major, um, all the different captains and majors could have just walked into our AO and been like, you know, what the fuck's going on here? Exactly. Like if, because the thing is with battalion, if they see you're not doing anything, they're going to, they're going to find something. And then our commander is going to be miserable. Yeah. Our commander is going to get saddled with all this other garbage for us to do. Yeah. And guess what? That little bit of free time that you thought you had, that NCO time or whatever. Yeah, the sergeant's time. Yeah, whatever, whatever you had, that's gone. Like any time, like any time that since it was, you know, uh, crew serves. Yeah. Uh, the focus was like, since it was crew serves, the focus was off of like <clears throat> our units, like metal tasks. 
um, like which is a mission, mission essential task list. So it was the focus was off of that. It was just getting crews, whether you're a 50 cal crew, more than 10 or 240 crew, or we had two dudes on saws. Um, just instead of focusing on just getting that stuff done, they could have turned it into something a whole lot worse. Oh, absolutely. And the another big issue that I have is. is we have young, when you have a young soldier and they're not disciplined like they used to be. They're not as spun up as they used to be. Yeah. That now falls in our plate to get them spun up. Yeah. Okay. So and if they're not spun up, then we're the ones who get our fucking ass achieved. Absolutely. And that, and granted, I have, I'm just going to use one of my soldiers in particular. That's taken me two years since I got him to finally get him. To finally get him to where he's not, he's not useless. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it has taken two years for me to instill some type of discipline in his brain to be like, all right, we got to get this done, this done, this done. And literally, it's because I'm dangling a carrot in front of him saying that, hey, you can pretty much, you can pretty much go to sleep or read your book. Or be on your phone. That and his, I know what your soldier is talking about. That motherfucker is on his phone all the time. Every time I see that kid, he's on his phone. And he's, you know, reading anime or what, what the fuck ever new soldiers are doing. Which yeah. is another thing. Why is anime taking over the United States Army? <laughs> like, that is like every freaking new soldier. So every new soldier or signal soldier is like all about that fucking anime shit. Like, I don't get it. I like, don't Okay, understand. it's Japanese cartoons. Congratulations. Like... And granted, like, Dragon Ball Z was kind of still a culture whenever I first joined. Yeah. And, I mean, that, that was, but that was, it was Dragon Ball Z. Not like know. all this other fucking not, weird shit. Not like, now. hey, gamer girl or whatever oh, yeah, that fucking e girls. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, yeah like exactly. Yeah. Like that, that. Like, what? When did that become a popular? I, I, I don't understand. Like, like, when, and I, and, that, and I guess it is a difference in generations. And I do get that because, you know, we we grew up in a time where we didn't have our cell phones as much. Yeah, like cell phones wasn't a thing for I us. I didn't get until, a cell phone until I was a freaking. I was a like freshman or sophomore. Yeah, I was fifteen. I was yeah. fifteen or sixteen, yeah. and the only reason I got one was because I participated in sports. Yep. So my parents had to get a hold of me. Yeah. So that was that was it. I didn't, and I got a slide phone. I didn't get a smartphone till I turned eighteen, and I paid for it by myself. Yeah, I think the first phone I got was like an iPhone four. Yep, yep, it was, yep, it was an iPhone, nope, I, I, I got in right there when the iPhone 5S just came out. Oh, uh, yeah. It was when I got my first one. So I yeah, got, but hell, even when I was deployed, I had an iPhone SE. Like, when we were deployed, I had an iPhone 5SE. And, like, <laughs> it was the biggest piece of shit phone looking back. I bought a new one, I came home, and I shot it, because what the fuck else was I going to do with it? But, like, now soldiers are coming in, like, their entire life... Like revolves around their phone. Like uh, for us, like you know, one of the one of the most basic things you have to have on you as a soldier, other than obviously your uniform and your ID card, is something to write with and something to write on. Yeah, and we have an NCO in our unit who apparently doesn't believe in having something to write with or write on, and he he's like he just fucking sits there and takes notes on his phone. And I, oh, and I was like, yeah. I'm always like, like what the fuck, bro? Like you're goddamn E five, like. Where's your notepad? Like, where's your where's your sergeant's book? Like, I know at least I I have yeah, a book I have one my green book that has like all of my soldiers' data, and I also have their weapons cards yep. with me. 
So like, I always know like what weapon they have, what their optic is, if they have a you know a three twenty. And I check that daily. Yeah, like I do the the SI checks. Like, hey, you got your freaking weapon. Hey, you got your mask. You got your optic. You know, give me the serial number for at least the weapon and optic because masks don't have a serial number. No, just what's your what's the mask number on well, the yeah, fucking bag? Yeah, what's the tag number? <clears throat> but now, it, like, it's even it is it the, the problem the discipline problem has even like it is starting to as an old commander would say, poison the pool or, you know, pissing in the pool of NCOs. Now, we're Absolutely. lucky we only have one NCO that's like that as far as, like, not doing... Well, no, we really have two. Two. Yeah, one who's just a complete total shitbag. The other one tries, but he just... He can't pick up on social cues and he's just, he's just not a good NCO. Like, he's just not. Um, he's a good dude. Like, he he'll, he actually... If he asks you a question, he'll, like, he's pretty genuine yeah. when he asks you, but as far as, like, soldiering and NCOing, like, he, he just... He can't do he it. He can't do it. It's um, just not in his mental capacity to lead. Yeah. But now we have, we have fucking... We have sergeants and E6s, hell, even E7s, that have, you know, been in the Army five, six years. Yeah. Like, that's Like, my platoon sergeant went to, you know, SLC, Senior Litter Course, and he was talking to guys who were getting ready to pick up their E7 that have been in for six or seven years. And I was like, bro, I've been in for eight, almost nine, and I'm a five. Yeah. Yeah. Like... And it's just, it's that, you know, it's, it's, it go, it really goes back to the whole recruiting problem of not having enough people. That, that's it. It's, and it, I wouldn't even say Which it's is, just that, that's a, my next talking point. It's not even just a recruiting problem. It's also a retention problem. Yep. Because you can't, we can't keep crap. Like, you don't want to keep all the, all the good people. Get out. Get out. Cause like, they're smart. Yeah. And they, real, they realize sometimes that like, hey, like this, this ain't the fucking, this ain't the way. And it's mainly because of what we're getting. Because yeah. like, and it's and it, you know not just junior junior enlisted guys. It, it even goes up to lieutenants. Yep, lieutenants, captains, and majors. Yeah, like, this 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 new age of officer yeah. is a is is a fickle thing. Might add, it, yeah. it it blows my mind on how in not just inexperienced, but full of themselves as well as inexperienced. Yeah. Like, so like there's no there's no humility like within the officer corps. None. It's it's it, well no I wouldn't say uh, there's uh, none there, but it's, it's very, very rare. Yes. It is a rare occurrence. Like for instance our last commander was one of those rare ones. Yeah. Our new commander we lucked out is another one of those rare ones. But our new commander was also prior enlisted. He was, exactly. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was in E6. He was in E6 when we yeah. came over. So like we we get you know I will always stand by the fact that the best officers are prior enlisted guys. That's just how it is. Like we have another one that was prior enlisted Marine Corps, and he's a phenomenal. Oh yeah, officer. He, he's, pro- he's probably he's one of the, the best. most squared away officers like, I've ever met in my the life. Best platoon leader I've ever met in my life. Like, and I can say like I, I can say that with full confidence that he's the best platoon leader I've ever met. He's an anti good idea fairy. Yeah, definitely. Like the, and that, and, and it's that, funny because his platoon sergeant is a good idea fairy, and he shuts his platoon sergeant down. Exactly, but it, like you know, it's it, it's a conundrum. Like it's not something that happens often. Usually, it's a platoon sergeant telling the PL, like, "Hey, sir, calm down." But now it's like, "Hey, sergeant, you need to calm down." It, it's it's it, it blows my mind. Which goes back to, hey, we have E7s that never went through combat that are picking up their exactly their senior exactly. their senior enlisted. And like I know, like you know. It's 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 you know there's people that are fifty fifty split on it, but I've I'm I will remain this way 
that to be in a leadership position where you're leading troops in the field, like whether you know you're in you know over, overseas if, or in here, like you gotta have some type of combat experience or some like me personally, like I believe you need to have some sort of experience outside of and what you're training, especially it's, yeah, like if you like you got it, you like you can't like for instance, you know you have like you can't come from a trade doc quote unquote environment and think you know everything. Absolutely and, and, not. Like, you know, try to teach Especially your when you come in with NCOs that have done this in combat. That Hell, even fucking specialists. Yeah. That Especially have, specialists. Because spe- like, when you have specialists... the crap of it. When you have specialists that have combat experience and you don't... Like, what, what does that say about your career? And it, especially if you've been in for... You know, 12, 12 to 15 years. And you, you just, like, you just didn't miss the battle. You know, making Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you didn't miss the battle. You, you missed the whole war. You missed the entire war. Like, like, all of the combat experience that you could have got in that time that you were in, you could have volunteered for deployments, done anything that you wanted. I mean, that, there's no, when so I was many a brand new soldier, When I was a brand new soldier, I volunteered for a deployment. They didn't pick me up, so I had no experience. Yep. Like, I'd been in the Army for a fucking day. And they're now like, nah. they're taking anybody. Yeah. Like, on the, la- on the last rotation that the big brigade here yeah. did. They were pulling dudes They were pulling dudes everywhere. That had zero experience in any of their jobs. Fucking, like, overweight, came. never passed a PT test yep. in their entire career. Didn't care. They were... They were just like, oh, we need a body, so we're going to take you. Yeah. They, that, that wasn't oh, how you have a DUI? Like, oh, that's no big deal. We'll take you. We'll take you. Uh, we'll sweep that. And somehow that does happen whenever they do end up needing people. But God forbids a good soldier gets one and they're going on a deployment. God forbid. Yeah. Like, that ain't – nope, you're done. You're Article 15 bumped down to E1 and good luck with your career after that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there have been like very few people in recent years that I know that have bounced back from paperwork, but that that is the that is the killer of today's world in the it's, military. Yeah, is the paperwork. Is the paperwork. And like I said in the last podcast, like I'm very much the NCO mentality of let's take it to the woodline. Yeah, absolutely. Take it to the tree line. Like I'm not. Absolutely. I don't want to fuck your career by you know pushing up like pushing paper on you. Yeah, like and the, making you look like a piece of crap when I can fix you in five minutes. Yeah, like. I could fix your problem. Now, now there are some soldiers that you just can't fix. Yeah, that like is they're true. just not fixable. That is that is very true, and that that's just and we go back to the pool that we're pulling in, that we're yeah. pulling soldiers out of. I don't even like honestly. Now I don't even know like what the recruiters' tactics are for oh, pulling. Currently, they currently they're missing missions. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you there is no. Yeah, no, I agree. Like there, like, like a lot of like a lot of our people that are coming that are coming in. Were, are coming from other units. Like they're doing a stand up class just to do the um, to do the freaking to the, do the retrain for you know somebody come from a di- different MOS to come into our job. They're doing they're sending up a whole class just to train those people. Yep. Because we just can't get the people, you know, off the street. And <clears throat> I was hanging out with some SF guys from a specific SF group, um, doing some work for them, which <clears throat> Dalton and I are both going to try out to go. Uh, Go SF, um, and I was talking to their operations guy, um, and he's saying that even SF is having this problem of kids coming in with these eighteen X-ray contracts, which is basically like you're a, you're a special forces candidate. They're having like this same I, this same mentality of like entitled, like they have the same entitled mentality. They don't have a good yeah. work ethic. Work ethic. For instance, I got the contract. I'm getting the job. 
that that's not how that works. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially exactly. in that in that field. Like, bro, just okay. because you signed the contract said, "Hey, you're going to be an 18 X-ray," doesn't mean you're automatically fucking green beret. No, like you still have not. to go through all the prereqs. So you have to go through basic training. You have to go through infantry IT. And then you have to go well, to selection. Said, they'll send you to Airborne before selection. Yeah. Oh, like, they'll send you to Airborne. So yeah. when, when you inevitably fail out of selection, you just go to the you fucking 82nd. That's exactly what yeah. – that's that's your that's your life after like that. Like the 82nd is the fucking catch-all for everybody who fails rap. Which is why 82nd is selection. Like, I'm sorry for any any of them Red Berets out there that are listening to me right now. No, 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 no. There's only one <laughs> good Airborne Brigade, and that's the fucking 173rd. That, that, okay, fair enough. But at the same time, I don't want to down all my 82nd guys out there, but most of y'all are mouth breathers. I hate yeah, to say it. I've heard it from special way. operations guys, especially the guys on the uplifts. The uplift groups, oh, like that, yeah, the, the biggest freaking group of mouth breathers. Mouth breathers, like stop mouth breathing, please. And you can call me a dirty leg all you want. I don't, I don't care. Do shit. Like my like, knee, at the end of the day, my knees are better than yours. That's fair. So, like, but at the same time, and which I'll still it, say, like, you know, I'll get we give the eighty second shit for all personal reasons. For passing COs that came from the 82nd. Absolutely. But the 82nd, like, I mean, the 82nd, the, the 101, the freaking 10th Mountain, dude. Y'all can PT, motherfucker. Y'all, y'all can PT, and y'all are some fucking cold-blooded killers. Absolutely. I'll say that, but nonetheless, doesn't take away from the fact that you're fucking out there at the end of the day. Like, use use a little brainage sometimes. It's okay. Like, we, I've, I've, I've seen horror stories. I've been in horror stories. I know how, I know how some of y'all operate. It is yeah. not... It is not, it is not uh, pleasant. I yeah, will say that yeah, much. Agreed. It is not a pleasant experience to have to work with you sometimes. And but anyways, back to back to the level of soldier that we're getting. Like I would even so I wouldn't even say you know you can you can make comparisons to both. Like from the current pool, you can get dudes that are really good and get dudes that are really bad. Like oh, it's our terrible. our uh, our sports sport company that's attached to us is a prime example. There's dudes <laughs> that have been in just as long as us that are. Terrible. Terrible, dude. Like, like they're, ter- it's, it's they're like, terrible when it comes to soldiering. Mm. And then, you know, you have the flip side of that, obviously, that dudes will do, like the maintainers will do everything they can to help you. And, you know, most of the guys that we deployed with that were in our uh, maintenance section were fucking solid. Solid. Dudes. Solid. They were solid. Hate. I mean, I watched a dude pick up a whole Humvee transmission like it was nothing and put it in. He, that dude would work 15, 16 hour days just trying to fix vehicles. And but that but that that's but then you have also the same dude who's gonna sit in the corner and smoke cigarettes and fucking bitch all day, like it's your job to bitch. Please, yeah, stop. Like I'm getting paid right now to fucking bitch. Like, yeah, that's how they act. Now now do it on your own time. I don't care. But when when there's, there's shit to there's be ten, done, when there's ten Humvees waiting for maintenance, or like we gotta roll out on a mission and we need this shit fixed, don't sit there in the corner and fucking bitch about it. Like, granted. I get it. <laughs> it is today's army, like it. I think it's today's army mentality that two bitch is like a sign of I've been here before. I get it. Blah blah blah. I get that. Yeah, but, but at the same time, affects the mentality it affects of the younger morale. Dudes. Like, please stop killing morale because you're showing these younger, you're showing these younger soldiers that know no different, that are impressionable as hell. Like, hey, it's cool to bitch. Like, hey, get exactly. Yeah. And then, and then all you're creating is low morale for not only the unit, but for that future soldier who could become a great soldier 
but you're hindering them because you you're refusing to play the game. Like all all the, yeah. all army is is a big old game. Yep. Like you can either get fucked by the game or you can win the game. And it's your choice. It, exactly. Like the way the way you conduct and operate yourself is how you're going to win the game. And every mission that you get, all it is is hey, if I do it this way and if I do it X, Y, and Z the way I'm supposed to do it, I'm pretty much done with yeah. the mission. The army, like, if you think about it, like, the army, I can't speak in other branches, but the army's pretty fuck. it's pretty fucking easy. It's like, not it's hard. it's simple when you think about it. All you gotta do is stay in shape, so, like, you work out occasionally. You're fine. Like, and you can pass your freaking PT test, like, you're good. Like, you don't eat like shit. Okay, you can drink a lot, and that's what everybody does, I think. But if you don't, <laughs> if you don't have that coping mechanism, then I don't know what's wrong with you. But like, as long as you stay in shape and you know your job, like you're gonna go far. Now, unless you, if you want to go like the specialty, right? Like if you want to go SF, if you want to go Ranger, you want to do all these like different like specialty you jobs. Be a like, buff. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, like you've got to be, you've got to be well you, above the standard. You have but, to have goals. Yeah. And that, but that's like, and that, that's with anything, really. I mean, in civilian life, you, like, if you have that goal, like, you have goals even, like, outside the military, and you work to those, work towards those goals, there should be no reason, like, at the end of the day, if you fail or pass, like, you can at least say, like, you know what, I tried, I gave it my all, and you, you know, you can carry on about your life. And it's the same way with the military. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it, the military is not a hard life. It really isn't. Like it, it really is what you make it. It's what exactly. It is exactly how you make it. If your mentality and your morale is low as hell, then your life in the military is going to be the same. Like I'll admit, I used to be a fucking shitbag. Like I used to be an absolute. I think we all were at one point. I used to be an absolute terrible soldier until I realized that like it's a game and I can make it what I'm what I want. And it finally clicked in my head that like, hey, like. Not like all my problems that I'm having aren't because of one dude. It's I mean it really boils down to like how I act, how I interact, who, and it even goes down to like who like within your circle, who you hang out with. Are they also shitbags? Do they sit there and complain? Then yeah, and you want to make the military career? Then you should probably hang it, stop hanging out with those people. Yeah, like the and it it really did open my eyes whenever I did stop. I stopped looking at it as a victim. Like yeah, oh, like that. that and it, that's the army for it's you. Victim it's mentality. a menta- victim mentality. Yeah, like and that that is the inherent. Well, that's problem a problem even the, outside the military. That's agreed, the agreed. It is it is a universal problem in America's culture. I'm going to say that right off the bat. But we are breeding soldiers out of that culture. Yeah, and that that is problem numero uno. Because not only are we breeding them out of it, it's not like we're we're pulling these soldiers out of this civilian mentality and giving them hard training and disciplining them to not have that mentality. They're having that same mentality because it's accepted. Exactly. It is becoming accepted in today's army. And that, that that's a no-no. I'm sorry. Like that, that's, that, that's where some of us at NCO ranks have to be like, nah, I got to draw the line because you're giving me people that I cannot train, that you're yeah. not giving me any impressionability because they have not been broken down to nothing. Yeah, and agreed. Like that that's what it that's what basic training was supposed is supposed to do. Because we cannot teach you something 
if you already know everything and you think you're owed it. And yeah. if you think you're owed something. Like, the Army in general owes you nothing except food. And money. And and a paycheck. Yeah. That That is it. Like, if you're in the field and you get an MRE and you don't get hot chow, guess what? That's food. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry you didn't get hot chow. Oh, well. Get over it. Make the best of it and carry on Charlie Mike. Like, yeah. I agree. And, like, when I, I don't remember in my first couple years that I was in, I don't remember having hot chow a lot at all. Yeah. Like, one meal a day, maybe. Yeah. And, but it's like today, if you don't have two hots and, two hots and maybe, maybe mermites in the evening, you know, if you're lucky. Yeah. Like, it, if they don't have that, it's like you just took the entire world away from them. Yeah. Like, and like, even charging the phones. Oh gosh. Like going back to the whole, it's amazing. Going back to the whole oh. phone. Oh my gosh. They, like, if they can't, if soldiers if can't we charge their phones, like, it's like the world's fucking, like, they might as well be at war with If we three. weren't a mechanized unit, and I, I feel sorry for you, for you grunts legging it out. Oh yeah, with no, and the fucking light infantry. Yeah, and yeah. light infantry. Like, you grunts and light infantry, I'm sure you're gonna understand this 100%. Because, your soldiers, I guarantee, when their phone dies, if they don't have a battery charger or a charge pack or solar panels or something like that, they are looking for the, for somebody who's got one because they cannot stand for their phone to be dead. It's like it's like an extension of their being. If their phone is dead, then they're dead. Yeah, like when my phone dies, if my phone dies in the field and I don't have a way to charge it, okay. it's almost it's almost freeing. Yeah, like I'm not sitting there like checking my freaking like my Apple Watch. Or I'm checking my phone. It's like I can just focus on the mission. What's going on around me? Yeah, you can focus on the mission, and that like for me, whenever whenever I go, whenever I go to a field drill, all right, for instance, and it's three or four days, like I can detach from what I have. I literally tell my wife, I'm like, hey, look, I'm gonna be pretty much. MIA for the next four days. And even then, when you're out in the field, especially at Bragg, like, it's a, it's like a 50-50 shot if If you you have have a section either way, so. You're not, you're probably, especially where we end up camping, like, there's, there is no, we, Sicily drop zone is a whole, dead zone, baby. There's like, like, I think the freaking, the north side of Sicily drop zone has good reception. Everywhere else, sodies. Like, like, if you're lucky, you might I sit on top of my truck, like, hey, I gotta send a text <laughs> to my fucking platoon sergeant, and I, you know, I just can't. Oh, that, that's another, oh my gosh. Can the army just hurry up and get away from texting, please? Yeah, using like fucking WhatsApp yes. or Signal. Like, how about... We have radios it, for a fucking reason. And that would just exacerbate radio training. Yeah. Like, we have... Look, even... Not we even go just, to the field with radios, Okay. I don't care if it's single channel plane tech. I don't care. It Just give me a happen. fucking frequency and give be a on freak, freak and be on a freak and have someone man the radio. It is no different than like whenever I joined, everyone had radios. Yeah, I never remember checking my phone. Yeah, to see, hey, we need to be at this hit time or whatever. I remember checking a notepad off of what was given to me over a radio multiple or times. like a grease pencil, fucking writing on a windshield. Yep, yep. Like I remember. <clears throat> Um, like especially overseas, um, and like the early days of my career, like you had the frequencies written on a grease, like in a grease pencil written on the freaking windshield on, you know, the windows and you, you had a, you had that on the windshield and then you also had a paper copy 
that had all the frequencies, um, the channels, everything. And it wasn't like, hey, like looking at your phone, like, hey, what's the frequency? Because, you know, my PL sent it out in a WhatsApp or a signal message or a text message. Yeah. Well, and it's like, for instance, when I went downrange and we were, I was downrange in a, in somewhere for six months and, uh, there was zero, you, I mean, they didn't have a, they didn't have a, a USO set up yet. Yeah. For, you know, any type of Wi-Fi. Yeah, there wasn't they a had, mobile set or anything like that. No, they, they had one phone at, at the room that they called the USO, which was just filled with books and they had one phone. For the entire cop that we were at. Yeah. And that one phone had to be shared with probably... 30 or 40 other people. No, no, more than that, because I know we brought 20, and with the groups that were there, it was every bit of probably 100 to 100-something. Yeah. So, I mean, you didn't have no phone time. Once a week, maybe. And so, you take these people that have been so used to having the world connected at their fingertips... To being completely disconnected at all. You yeah. know how many people we had, like, I know one person in particular that we thought we were going to have to put on suicide watch. Because, uh, we had to put him on suicide, we thought we were going to have to put him on suicide because he couldn't connect to anybody outside of where he was. Yeah. Like, and that goes, <laughs> I mean, and that can, you can tie that in with a, a modern problem in America. Like, nobody can sit down and have, like, a, like a face-to-face conversation with somebody because everybody's used to like, I'll just text you or, hey, I'll just call you or I'll fucking Snapchat you or whatever. Yeah, like, that, like, <laughs> I, I remember a time when, like, for instance, we when we were downrange, there was one person who had a connection to WhatsApp and that was the PL. And the only reason he had it was as a, not even a tertiary communication device if he had to reach back to somewhere else. Yeah, back to... Yeah, back command. back to command. All right. That was not even... A, it was a completely extingent after you've hit the tertiary. Yeah. All right. So, when you go from having all of the world at your fingertips to nothing, and we're training people... To be like, all right, just look at your phone and get your, like, when you're training people to do that, like when you're looking, when you're freaking, when you load your radio, when you load your radios with crypto, right? <laughs> and you're like, hey man, just pull up fucking TACNAV or whatever and get the freaking Zulu time and the freaking, um, what's the fucking date? The Julian date. Yeah. Just pull it off of that. Like, no, like, God forbid we're in fucking China because, you know, China owns everything. Or we're in Russia or somewhere, and you're like, hey, i got to fill my radios because my fucking hub battery has died. <clears throat> I need the Julian date and the freaking uh, and the Zulu time, and you don't have your phone. You have to look at a fucking dagger. Like, half, I, I, I guarantee, use this? This I guarantee is, half the soldiers this, are like, I don't know what the fuck to do. This here. is old. Yeah. That's literally how they look at it when I hand it to them. When I do go over that, that, that type of training, yeah. and I hand them one, and they're like, oh. I don't know what to do here. What do I do? Yeah. Like this has buttons. This is not. This is this not, not fucking screen. touch screen. This is not touch screen. Swipe and I, shit. Like this is confusing. I have to use but. Oh my gosh, we're yeah. not even that, and we're not even that far removed from the days of slide phones yeah. and flip phones. Yeah, like we're not even that far removed from it. But it's like, a but then I would say, you know, obviously it's a generational thing. Like we're well, obviously we were born in the nineties. 
Yeah. So we and, grew up without stuff like that. But then, like, we're getting soldiers that are born, like, freaking post 9-11. God. Like, and it blows my mind when I look like, I ask why soldier, like, hey, even... when, when, you, when were you born? It's like, freaking, like, January of 2002. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I was in elementary school, man. Like, like I, I know a handful of soldiers we have. That were they, adults by they were, No, no, no. They were they were in they were either, they were in high school when we deployed. Yep, they're like sophomores or freaking juniors when we deployed. Freshmen, I, like, I know a freshman, and it just blows my mind. Like, <laughs> like he was a it, freshman when we was, when I was deployed. It was what 2018, 2019. Yeah, it, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it like, it was, but it, it doesn't feel like. Yeah, it. I guess it, it kind of was four years ago. But at the same time, like, it makes me feel like a fucking old man. I get called dad, Bro. and I'm 25 years old. Like. It's bad. Yeah. Like, now, but the, it, we just to kind of rope this back in. Yeah, because we just really went. We went down the rabbit hole, and we saw Alice and all that crew. Like, to bring it, like, back, you know, is there a way back from how the Army is going? Though? That that's, that's really the question that we really need to, like, you know, rein in on, because... My personal, I think there is there is a way back, but you have to reinstill the training. Well, I think the way back is going to have to be it's going to be a wake up call, um, not just for um, the military, but I think it's a wake up call for the for the for the country in general. Right? And yeah. you know, you hear people say like, "I want that that nine eleven mentality," or "I want that post that what is it nine twelve yeah mentality." Like you know, right after the towers right fell, I want that spell. like where everybody is together and nothing else fucking matters. Except for taking care of your neighbor. I mean, shit, like, I don't like people. Like, I'll, I'll admit it. Like, I'm not a very, like, I am I a personal, either. I'm a yeah. personal person, but I'm not. And, like, I'll talk to my neighbor across the street, like, pretty regularly. Like, he and I have, we'll have, like, conversations. Like, I lost the freaking challenge coin in, in a, in the, in our Ford Explorer, or expedition. And the dude came over from across the street and helped me get it out. Like, like, you know, like people, there's, I, I still, I have a firm belief that there's still people out there that are very much like, you know, you know, help your neighbor it's, or it's, like, it's, you know, people that are around you. And I hate to say it this way, and it, it's almost like a quiet majority of y'all out there. And I, I don't, I don't want to say silent majority because of how that's looked at in the days where what I get, I mean, God forbid if I say that. Lord, I'm gonna have people running up, the, running yeah. up the wall like, "Oh my gosh, you're right wing as hell." Yeah. No, it's, it's no, but like, there's a quiet, almost majority of y'all out there that are great people that y'all y'all have values, y'all 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 instill values in your children. Yeah, but we have a prevalent culture today. It's not that, even that it's like it's prevalent because of social media and the exactly. and the news. Yeah, but it's like it's like 15 percent of the country. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's always the smallest that are the loudest. Yeah, and unfortunately, like since they do have control over the airwaves, it's it's almost it's, it's like in your face all all day long time. And it is, and that that's the problem. That culture of self entitlement. Hey, we have to do it this way. We have to make everyone feel included. The army is not an inclusive place. Never yeah. has been. I hate to tell you, like, like it's just it's, not. It's like, not an inclusive it's not place. Fucking do, it's yeah. It, it, it it's not. It was never meant to be. It was meant to train soldiers and warriors to go fight for this country. That like, was. Do you, do you think America's enemies give a fuck? Like what's what, in your pants? Like what, they don't give a shit. They they don't like, give a they damn what's in your pants. They don't give a damn what you believe. 
Like, if you sign on that dotted line, you are no longer whatever you believe. You are green. You are, you are brown. That is it. Yeah, you're green, brown, or tan, man. That, whatever fucking it. colors on your goddamn uniform. That's it. That's oh, all you're looked at as. And the the culture that is that is starting to invade the mentality of the American soldier of today is well because of prior things in my life. I'm bringing that baggage in. No, that baggage should be lost in initial training. Yeah. Like, any type of hereditary, emotional, you know, prior... Um, whatever you have going yeah, on. whatever you have going on. Whenever you get to initial training, whenever they break you there, or when they're supposed to break you there, that's supposed to be dropped. You have to understand that the, the brother or sister to your left or right of you is... That's your family now. Yeah, that, that's it. I mean, like, I'll, like, I'll, I'll, like, I grew up in a broken home. Like, my parents were divorced, and it was a fuck. It was a nasty ass divorce. But <clears throat> and it used to, it used to bother me, and you know, it, it does every now and then. I mean, now that I'm an adult, not really that much. But like when I graduated basic training, like, it didn't, I didn't give a fuck. Like, my, I cut, like, I basically cut my mother out of my life because she's just something. She's she was a terrible person in the past. Um, and you know, obviously, I grew up. Um, you know, mentally, emotionally, and, you know, whatnot, but, like, I didn't give a fuck after that, like, everybody, like, basically training not so much anymore, because, you know, everybody goes to different units, and they have all the different jobs, but, like, within the unit, like, that's, like, I would like to say that in our unit, we've, we've built, um, a certain level of camaraderie, and, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I can pretty much, I can call, almost call anybody in the unit, and they'd be at my house within, you know, an hour. <laughs> every bit if not faster and most most everybody be like yeah I'm coming yeah, I'm already on my like way I'm on my way yeah like, uh, that's just how that's just how and the, I think like camaraderie you know, unit is. and that might just be that might be an anomaly with our with our unit but like I feel like everybody that wears a uniform or has worn a uniform should you know has that should have that same mentality because you hear it all the time like you know call a friend or like yeah. you know the, the the cheesy line which really isn't cheesy like it, you know, it means something. Yeah, and that, like, and w- especially in today's prevalent culture of, you know, like, I, I mean, mean to say our, both, we're both white, like, men that are, you know, you know, right leaning. We're gun owners. Yeah. We fucking hunt, shoot, fucking whatever, and we're demonized. Absolutely. Well, and and that that just goes to today's culture, and yeah. So what? I don't really care where you come from in generally. Like, especially, like, I'm a suicide rep for the unit. Yeah. And most of the time in any type of interaction I've ever had to encounter in that role is literally either past-based or current-based based on how they feel about not just how their life is going, but how people look at them. And to break that mold... Of hey, get get out of your headspace for a minute mm-hmm. and stop thinking about just the now. Yeah, think and, about the future. Yeah, like the future is a, a big thing. Like you can make and I, and whenever I have initial so, soldier counseling and whenever we they first come into the unit and they're either going to be placed under me or if I'm just their you know placeholder. Yeah, you know they're just getting stuck under me until they their NCO either comes back from school or wherever he's at. And I give them an, an initial counseling, which, God, 
paperwork. I hate it. <laughs> like, like, I hate, bro, just, like, this, this is your commander, this is your fucking first art. Like, yeah. carry on. Like, go yeah, on. like, no. No. And, but, like, in order to at least instill some kind of camaraderie ship with that new soldier, so that way I, they don't, like, oh, my gosh, he's going to kill me. He's an NCO. Yada, yada, yeah. Like that. That's one thing I didn't like about the old, old older times, but it it was pre- it was needed at the yeah, time. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's in today's time. Like, as a soldier, you should go to your first line unit, your or your first your, your first line of your first line supervisor, and have some type of camaraderie with them. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's like, um, like you know, like. Everybody's been in the military. Like, when you get that brand new soldier, they always snap to progress or attention, whatever. And I know in our unit, in our battalion at least, um, that was like something that was like, hey, Dan, don't do, we don't do that here. Like, I feel like we need because to go back, we we need to, go go back, back to it. it. I agree because, like, because, like, the, their first interaction with an NCO or hell, a senior specialist, like, hey, we don't do that here. Like, that, that just changes their whole, like, headspace on doing, like, that, that, that like core, they lose their basic soldier basic, skills. Yeah, yeah. Is what the, is it's like like it used to be like okay, well I'm not going to do that, but I'm still going to be a basic soldier. Well, like in garrison, like in garrison, in a yeah. garrison environment, like doing that stuff is like yes, like that should be that should be the standard because it's the army standard. Exactly. But like in the in a field environment where you're like you're in your truck operating, like. That, that's I different. Like, that's I, I, tell, I tell my dudes to call me by my first name. Yeah. Like just, and my truck calls me by. Uh, well, Dalton or I.E. Ricks. Yeah, like, like everyone loves the a, name Ricks, so it's, it's just like, how it goes. It's Ricks. just it's it, like when you're operating because like we operate as three three man like a three man team. Yeah, and so like I tell my dudes like just call me by my first name. Like if you've got a problem, like just say my first name. It's gonna catch my attention. Yep. Like you don't have to put because it sounds weird. It, yeah, it, 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 fucking, it, it throws you it off. It throws you off when you're in uniform because you're not used to responding by it, so it, it catches your attention. Yeah, like and um, I, that's what I tell my dudes to call me. Um, except for my driver, because my driver is usually either a PFC or yeah, no. very junior. But like my gunner, like I tell him, like, hey, just call me my fucking first. Now, now that my shit. now that my driver has finally known me for two years and been under me for two years, if something very important, like if something's going on with the freaking vehicle, like then you yeah, better fucking you better get my right attention. Now. But other than that, it's still you know, hey, hey, Sergeant, I need I need your help on this, or can you help me with this, or whatever. That that core of soldiering, which is why we need to go back to it, is is missing on initial soldiers now. Yeah. Like it's it's no longer like, hey, they snap to progress. When they come in now, they don't even care. Yeah, like they're they're just bebopping into the into the retention office or the readiness NCO's office. Like, like hey man, like hey man, check in. Like like it's like they didn't off. they didn't get like, any type of initial. Breakdown, like, hey, this is your basic soldiering skills. Hey, when you when you're addressing an NCO, especially an NCO with uh, two freaking rockers, yeah, you like you better be at freaking parade. Like rest. two rockers or more, you better be at parade rest. It don't freaking matter. Yeah, like period. Like <laughs> I thought that was like basic. Like E fives was basic. Like, yeah, if you're an E five, you're a buck sergeant. You still get. The, those courtesies that, and yeah, customs. Same, customs. Yeah, yeah. Like, you get the same courtesies and customs because you are an NCO. You are, you are, even if you're a first-line leader, it doesn't matter. You're a leader. Yeah. 
that, that's how you're looked at. And it's funny, we, going on to that topic, like you were saying earlier, uh, going down to Fort Jackson for a friend of your graduating. Yeah. So, like, my, my, my mom's side of the family, they live in Columbia, South Carolina. And so when I go down, like, there's a very vivid time. I went down and saw my grandparents, and my grandfather was in uh, the military during Vietnam. He actually, I think he did two or three tours of Vietnam. Yep. And so <clears throat> he has, his, you know, his disabled veterans retired card or whatever. Um, and we went to Fort Jackson because my grandmother does her grocery shopping there, and my grandfather plays golf and you know, goes to the PX there. And so we're in the PX. Um, I can't remember what road it's on. It's the one like right by the interstate. I can't remember. But um, <clears throat> uh, he's wearing his you know retired Vietnam veteran hat or whatever. And there's a bunch of like basic Chinese walking around the freaking PX. This is probably four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, no, it was right after we came back from the deployment. I went down there and saw him. So like 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So it was 2019, and there was basic Chinese walking around. Freaking hands in their pockets, like which, like for guys who've been in along, who gives a shit? Who, yeah, but like who for really brand cares, new dudes, but at the same time, who are brand new. Brand new, like that brand new like black beret that they haven't like that shaved, ain't even shaved or, like, or, shaped or anything. Yeah, and they're walking around the freaking PX with their hands in their pockets, and my grandfather walks up to them and was like, "Hey," he's like, "My grandfather's a raspy voice," but he was like, uh, "Hey, get your fucking hands out of your pockets," and they're like, they just were stunned, like they'd never heard that before. Like, I remember when I came you gotta to, fucking you gotta do this like seventy three. I remember telling when I came you like <laughs> get your fucking hands out. And my like my grandfather was oh, he was a part of naval special warfare way back in the day, like right when it was formed. And he's that's that is one hard freaking dude. Like that man has stacked bodies, more bodies than I can even comprehend. Same mine. And you got that dude who is a wealth of knowledge, mm, nothing but knowledge. And, like, just uh, full of stories. I mean, the man won the Navy Cross in 66. Jesus. So, like, you got that dude telling freaking brand new privates who come out of base training who should know better to get their hands out of their pockets. It, it, it's, but that, that's, that all harkens back to exactly, like, what I was saying on there, there is no, there is no initial discipline. Yeah. That is not anymore. Yeah. Like, and I think, and going on with that, like with the initial discipline, I think that's why we're having such a, like a sharp, an EO problem. Yep. Is because there is no discipline. No. These soldiers don't know how to talk to a female soldier, or a female soldier doesn't know how to talk to a male soldier. Vice versa, it don't matter. I don't really care. There's, it goes both it, ways. Yeah, it definitely goes it both ways. It definitely goes both ways. Agreed. I've seen it go both ways. And, uh. Well, within our battalion, I don't, like, I don't there isn't any we haven't issues had any issues. No, and no. the very the very few minor issues that we have have had haven't even been really sharp or EO violations yeah. per se. Yeah, agreed. Like they're they're more of they just don't know how to talk to each other. Yeah. And that goes back to the default whole cell phone. Like if you text somebody all the time, you don't talk to them in person. Like you don't have you to don't them. you don't have those social skills yeah, to be able like to sit you, there and talk to somebody like face to face. And that that Boggles my mind how some people do long distance dating. Jesus. Yeah, and yeah, that's another fuck. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not gonna get into that. One, but that's a that. whole that's, other fucking that's issue. That's like holy jeez. How, how do you even really know that freaking person? You'd be texting a dude. Yeah, Jesus. And that happened to a dude in our freaking unit. Exactly. He met a chick on, uh, or well, what he thought was a chick on Tinder. Showed up. He drove an hour and a half to her house, or to his house, or her apartment, or whatever. <laughs> Dude came out, found out it was a dude, and he was 
mind blown. mind blown. Like, oh my gosh, you this doesn't match. No crap, it's the internet. You don't have a dick. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> like, and, and it, it really does, it harkens back to, hey, these kids have been, they have grown up literally with a phone in their hand. Yeah. From birth. And it's like when we when I was growing up, I remember don't believe everything you see on, see on the internet. Agreed. And now it's like, hey, they said that <laughs> they on the internet, said, it's got to be true. true. <laughs> like we used to joke with people like that. Now it ain't even a joke. Yeah. Now it's people actually think that just because they saw it, a usurp. Well, that's the problem. People don't think. No, there is no critical thinking. It yeah. is the death of critical thinking. Yeah. The, the, this little device right here in my hand is the death of critical thinking. Yeah. You don't think past it. Yeah. You can't form, people can't form their own thoughts anymore because it is so plumb full of whatever is on this thing that it, it has just invaded their mind. Yeah. And. No, I agree. And, the, and that's why we have so many, like, whenever it comes to initial training and especially whenever about 2017, 2018, whenever they started allowing recruits to have their phones. Yeah. And people, I got my phone people were right getting so. Well, people were getting so, you know, like, oh my gosh, this actually happens. Like, I remember watching a drill sergeant him up a dude against the wall because he swung at a drill sergeant. Yeah, like that, that's, to me, that's, like, that's pretty fucking justified. And he, but the thing is, he didn't, he didn't throw a punch at him. He just pinned him against the wall. Mm-hmm. Like, he, this is a body check to get your attention. I remember a very, like, so, like, <clears throat> when, I through, when I went through basic training, we got our day, or we got our phone the day prior to graduation. Yep. Tell our families, hey, I'm actually graduating. Yep. Because that was back in the day, like, you, like, you might not graduate. But no. we got our, we got our phones the day prior to to tell our families, like, hey, I'm actually graduating. Um, and I was dating a chick at the time and like she broke, she like sent me the, not even a Dear John letter. She just sent me like one of those Dear John fucking texts. Yeah. And I remember like, I was like, you know, like obviously like you have a lot of emotions that you just pent up during fucking basic and like everything came out and I had a drill sergeant and I kind of, I told him, I was like, Hey, like this has happened. And I was like sitting there like, you know, like fucking snot come out of my nose, like all like crying. Like it was like the biggest thing that ever happened to me. He's like, he looked at me with the straightest face, like no fucking factor, like Jocko, like no fucking factor, carry on, and I was like, holy shit, like, <laughs> no feelings, like, whatsoever, but, but now, that, like, you know, you have, a, like, somebody fucking cries over some of the drill stars, like, hey, hey, it's okay, it's okay, like, it's like we care this about fucking their- dude was like, doesn't no matter, feelings. it doesn't, doesn't it, matter, because it doesn't, because in that, in it, you, you are now coming out of 10 weeks of, should have been some of the hardest training of your if you're like, yeah, I mean, period basic training, like, I will look back on my military career, basic training was the hardest thing. I've and that's, done be, just, that's just because dude. of your mentality when you go into it, though. Yeah. Like, if you think I was 17. It's, it's basic soldiering, that's all it is. Yeah. Like, all basic is is teaching you basic soldiering. It is not a hard factor, but if you're a civilian mind going into it, yeah. that is why it is so hard. Yeah. Because it has to break you. Well, like the and first, couple, teach like the first couple of weeks of basic training, like I thought I knew what I was getting to, but I didn't. No, yeah, no, at, I the, did. at that time. Yeah. But then, like after that, like I, once I got through the, like the first like three, three weeks, weeks, after that everything was fun. I was like, I'm out here on the fucking range, shooting, I'm shooting guns, guns, like machine I'm, guns, I'm walking with the, I'm walking with the dudes, yeah. like I'm jumping out of a fucking rappel tower, and like I, whenever I go, like for instance, when I went to vi- visit my buddy who did graduate. I remember you when you would walk onto initial training posts and freaking cadence 
Yeah, was there's, there's, it was everywhere. It was in the air. It was in the air. It was, you like, could hear it. You could taste it. You could smell it. Like, cadence, that, that morale Fucking boosting. Fucking ranger in the sky. Yeah, exactly. Like, that morale boosting cadence. Like, whenever you... I remember when I when they first started calling cadence, it was like week two. And they were teaching us cadence. Yeah. And marching. Mm-hmm. And the drill sergeant would be calling cadence. You felt so freaking... I don't know. It was it was like your morale just went to heights unknown. Yeah. Like it, it sounds stupid. Like I know like when I was to, in basic training I put my uniform on in the morning. Yeah. Like, what four four, 4 AM? Yeah. Whatever it was. And I just remember I was put like putting on the uniform, I had my name tape and the fucking US Army tape and I was like, God damn, like I'm, I'm actually I'm sitting here this wearing this fucking uniform. Yeah. And I I feel that way to this day. Yeah. Like I wake up like there's t- there's times I'm driving to work and I'm like I looked down, like wearing the uniform. I was like, "God damn, I'm a fucking soldier." Me, ten years ago, would have been like, "You're the coolest thing ever." Yeah, really. Like, if I look, at, if I look at myself when I was a fucking kid, yeah, compared to now, like me as a kid would think I'm like, I'm the fucking, I'm the I'm hottest the thing on the block. Like, like, I am the shit. I have deployed. I have done my job. Like, I got, I got to fucking patch like, my right arm. Like, holy shit. Like, I'm cool. Like, like but today, but and that's the thing. Today, they like, I mean, care. I grew up as a kid, like fucking. Playing in the backyard, you know, killing freaking Germans. Uh-huh. Killing, like, I remember I watched a Korean War movie when I was a kid. I can't remember what it was. Chosen, maybe? I don't know. But the I was like, chosen, or what is that? Uh, uh, well, the Marines landed on the beach. That was Chosen, wasn't it? I can't remember. I can't remember. But I watched this movie with my father, and uh, I remember going out, out. We had this, like, this wooden, like, boat thing. That we got from a Montessori school that my brother went to, and they were just getting rid of it, and mm-hmm. they just gave it to us. I had chalk, and I remember doing like a fucking mission profile, like, "Hey, we're gonna hit this freaking like building or hit this town." There's I like do it. I do it with army men, so I would like generalize my entire like brain do a out. fucking sand table, yeah, like a sand yeah, table. Like, with like I remember doing that shit as a fucking like eight year old kid. Yeah. I thought it was the coolest shit. I'd go around killing fucking imaginary Germans, yep. or Japanese, or fucking North Koreans. Yep. And like you know, now, nowadays children, you know what they get? Fucking cell phones. Cell phones, like their their closest experience. They don't even have the critical thinking to think outside of the box to go out and actually make sand tables with their freaking army. Like I remember, no, like, they're playing up, Call of Duty, running around slide canceling, thinking that is how warfare is operated. Like growing up, like, I, holy Jesus! I'd watch like movies. Like I think I watched Full Metal Jacket. I was like fourth grade. Yeah. And I thought that was a cool show. Like, I had this, like, little remote control, like, fucking uh, M113 APC. And I had it in the backyard, and we had, like, this little sand pit. Whatever my grandfather got it for me, got it for me for Christmas. And I was, like, rolling around like I was fucking going through the fucking streets of Baghdad. Yeah. Because that's what, that was, that was, what was, was on the news. That was I on the like, news. I was going through Baghdad day. killing goddamn Hodge. Yeah. Like, with a 50 cal. Moose and the boys just got wasted over yeah. here. Yeah. Like, that. That. that's how exactly... That, okay, that was my that, upbringing. Yeah, exactly. That was my entire upbringing. You, okay, when you were brought up, up into a war that, like, you watched. Like, I remember being a child watching the bomb nine eleven dropped on and, Baghdad. Yeah, and then the yeah. then the bombing of Baghdad. And I remember watching casualty lists come across the freaking yeah. come yeah. across. Like I don't the, remember like it was both CNN battles of Fallujah, Fallujah, whatever. Like yeah. both battles of Fallujah. Watching yep. the fucking video on CNN. Like I was like. That is, like, obviously I didn't know because I was a child, but I was like, that's fucking badass. Yeah. Like, they're over there like, fucking murking dudes. Exactly. And that, but we, we were raised in a time that it was in, like, I'm fifth generation military. Yeah. Like, my, my granddad served in Vietnam. My great granddad served in Korea. My great great granddad served in World War II and World War One. Yeah. 
like my let's see my both my grandfathers and my uncles served in Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't remember a high, single highly decorated. I will add. Yeah, their fathers fought World War II, and their uncles fought friend, World War II. Yeah, my Korea, and then their fathers, the fathers of their fathers, fought in World War One. Yeah, like, like my, my dad, my dad got a the, got one of the you know the fucking trench knives with yep. the freaking brass knuckles for my grandfather that his father got or he got when he was at the fucking Battle of Mar. Yep, like so, kids nowadays, like their fathers were fucking like. Doing whatever fucking computer geeks or what fucking nerds in the nineties doing whatever, and, and that and, and again that's what blowing my mind. Like we are coming out of a we are coming out of GWAT. Like GWAT, so like we were children when GWAT happened, and then we were twenty one. Yeah, we were in our like early twenty one when fucking GWAT happened. Like like I turned twenty one right before we deployed. Yep, that's what, me too. Like yep, I it, turned twenty one like right before, like right before I stepped off. And yeah, I, deploy, I let's see. I turned twenty one in July, and we left in October. I turned twenty one in May, and then we left in October. Yeah, so, like as like I knew it was coming. Yeah. So like my twenty first birthday, I, I don't. I, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't remember it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I do not remember. It. Pretty sure that was my because, daughter got conceived too. Because so. <laughs> especially the mission that like we were slated for. Like, it was one of those, like, I don't know if I'm coming back from this one. Because, like, that fucking area of the world was fucking wild it west. It was wild west yeah. at the time. Like, you didn't, like, there there wasn't no news covering of it hardly. Yeah. Like, it, at nothing. the time, it was just a, it was a special it was operations mission. That, that's all it was. And so, like, we had to sign NDAs and a bunch of other stuff on where we were, on, hey, we can't talk about this because we were going to They just there. said we it, like, our, on our MOBE, like, our, our pre-mobilization, like, Ceremony. I said, "Oh, it's just a uh, training mission." Yeah, and and uh, the central command. Yep. And I was like, and, and "That's not what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what That's I. That's not heard. what I've been fucking." Yeah, I remember. On. I remember sitting there for our for our deployment send off. They booked out somewhere in down over downtown. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I remember the. Marky Man pulled like the classic at the Mel Gibson line yeah. the fuck if we were soldiers like I might not bring everybody al- back home back alive, alive but yeah. everybody will come <laughs> or some bullshit like that and we were just like <laughs> alright Chuck you're not gonna be there so it's not even gonna matter hold on now you're gonna be sitting the fucking talk somewhere <laughs> like yeah, so, oh so let's you play battleships <laughs> yeah exactly that's 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 what was happening at, at the talk back in oh Jesus but anywho like our upbringing and how we were raised versus today's upbringing of and and it, it, that's what blows my mind. Like we're coming out of GWAT, you think some of these kids would be wanting? And there are there, there, there are some kids that want to get yeah, out there and not, they want to fucking shoot lot, dudes in the face. But you think there'd be more? Yeah, like it's not two out of ten. No, it's yeah, it's it's. It's mind blowing. Like I joined the military, now and I was like, I want to fucking shoot dudes. Yeah, like that's face. why I joined a combat armed unit. Yeah, like, exactly. My my mother cried her freaking eyes out because yeah, my was, mom wouldn't sign the paperwork. So I joined. No, no, nope. yep, mine wouldn't either. Mine was like refusing because she was like, oh, you need to go Air Force, you need to Fuck do this, that. and I was like, no, I want to be a freaking ground pounder. Yeah, like I walked into the recruiter's office and was like, hey, I want combat arms. I don't care what it I is. I called my time. fucking recruiter. She, I walked he in. Have, he didn't have to call. Like no, I, I, walk, I remember, I walked. In, I walked in there. And I was like, "Hey, are you the recruiter?" He's like, "Yeah, I am." I said, "All right, I want to sign up." Yeah, and I want combat arms. 
He's like, whoa, we got to take an Asbub. I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to kill dudes. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to fucking... I don't care. I don't care what kind of job you you can come up with that might sound better, that might get me a civilian job at the time. I don't give a fuck. I don't don't care. I want to shoot dudes. That's what I wanted to do. Like... And and that blows my mind. Like it was that, funny because my recruiter was an infantryman. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, he's like, you want to kill dudes? So I was like, hell yeah. He's like, I got the job for you. Yeah. <laughs> mine was a mine was prior 13, 13 Mike. Yeah, thirteen like, series. Yeah. yeah, thirteen series. Yeah, and he was like, hmm, I got, I got you. the job for you. I got you. Don't yeah. worry. And I was like, sweet, because he was already like, all right, hey, that's that's the kind that I want. Yeah, it, like I was talking to a recruiter the other day. He's like, "There's no one that comes in there like that." Yeah, there yeah, is they're not like, a soul. "Hey, I want to go to college for free." Like, fuck yeah. that shit. It's either well, and they can't even get the free because of re- recent legislation. They they don't even have that free college. Deal. Yeah, they have to. You have to do like the minimum. Yeah, service yeah, yeah, time. yeah, yeah minimal yeah. service time deal. And not not just that, you people just don't care about it. Like, okay, well, I can get free college now because of loan forgiveness and crap yeah. like that. Like. That was that was the number one thing that you know was a that good, was like the big selling point of the army. selling point yeah of the army and so, now hey, you can like, go to college for free if you do like six years or whatever so now even the piece of junks that we did get from a lot of those people yeah because like nine out of ten of them were not great yeah and I'll just say that because they, their heart's not in it they joined for existential like reasons we had a dude with the deployed he joined he literally joined because he was bored yep like he had a job working for some pharmaceutical company. And I asked him, I was like, hey man, why'd you join? He's like, oh, I was bored. But he, like, he was kind of a shitbag, but he was, he still did his job. He did his job well, too. And, um, but that's, that's the thing though. If, if you join because you're bored, okay, I get that. But if you joined because your heart was in it, yeah. Like, it's a whole different ball game for you as a soldier. Because, Agreed. Yeah. Because you're going in with the mentality of, I'm not quitting because I want this. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Like, when, when you come in with that mentality of, I don't care how hard it is, I don't care how tough the training is, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I'm I know there's been it. days that I've been like, man, like what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. But then I think about it, and I was like, like <clears throat> at least for at least for us, like um, growing up in like a military household, my grandfather's, my great grandfather's, my great great grandfather's doing. You know, sh- shit that was so much harder. I'm like, this ain't fucking nothing. Oh, when I showed up, I was expecting to get crushed. Yeah. Like, and granted, it was not easy by any means. No. But at the same time, it was not as hard as I thought it was going to be. Agreed. Yeah. Like, the horror stories that I heard before I got there, Yeah. a lot of them didn't pan out, you know? Like, and, and, that, and that's another thing, like, even my initial training was watered down. <laughs> Like even, yeah, compared even, to like the basic training yeah, in the fucking like nineties, nineties, eighties, six, seventies, sixties, and you're talking about peacetime, like the eighties and nineties. You're talking about peacetime peace army, yeah, that was just fucking brutal. Yeah, it was miserable. Yeah, like my father, he was in the air force, and he he tells me stories to this day. I was like, oh geez, that was for the air force. That's freaking hard. Yeah, exactly. Like, not eat like some of the stuff he's done. He did in his initial training. Was harder than some of the stuff I did in Army initial training. Yeah. 20 some odd years later. Yeah. Like, and, and that kind of blows Hell, my, my gr- mind. I, my mom's dad's so old. He fucking, when they did their, uh, rifle call, they did, they did rifle call with 
M1 Garands. She joined in 63. Jesus. Yeah. My, my, now my grand, my mom, or my, my dad's dad joined. He joined in 69. They did theirs with M14s. M14s. Yeah. That's yeah, what grand, my grandfather my, did. My with, mom's dad joined in 63. He joined like right after JFK was assassinated. Because, um, you know, obviously they said like, oh, the fucking communists did this. He's like, fuck yeah. it, I'm joining. And his great, his dad fought in World War II and in Korea. His dad was in the fucking Battle of the Bulge. He was an army cook. His dad was an army cook. And he even, he stacked fucking Nazi bodies at the Battle of the Bulge. I was like, like nowadays our army cooks are fucking, they're just fucking like <laughs> shit bags. And this dude was out there <laughs> cooking food. Cook. And then when he got done cooking food, he was he out there on the line bodies. fucking stacking German bodies. Yep. Stacking bodies. And like that, that, ment- and that, that's why they are called the greatest generation in case anyone wonders why I that agree. generation is the greatest generation. Because when, when, but you know, when their say, equivalent of 9-11 happened, and that was Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Okay, when their yeah. equivalent happened, they literally went from, the, there was no shortage of volunteers. They had drafts. Yeah, agreed. But they didn't care if they got drafted. Even the dudes that got drafted, like, fuck it. Like, I was going to join I, anyway. I was going to join like, anyway. Who gives a <laughs> shit? Like, now, I think my dad, like my dad's grandfather, Papa, he joined, him and his brother joined the day after Pearl Harbor. And yeah. they were, his brother was a B-17 pilot. And like, he was a B-24 or B-25 uh, gunner, like the fucking the bubble turret right behind the cockpit. So his brother was shot down over Germany, killed. Mm-hmm. He, has a, he has a burial site at uh, in England, and he has a plaque at the 8th Air Force Museum down in uh, Savannah, Georgia. And my great-grandfather, um, he was shot down over Italy, and he, like, this is a testament to that dude because I've heard the story straight from the horse's mouth. But he was shot down over Italy. Everybody else on his crew except for two other dudes were killed. Because as soon as they landed, the Germans were already there waiting for him. They yeah. shot him when they were hanging in the trees. Yeah. He stayed in a, a cave with a blind Italian dude for a couple weeks. Then went to an Italian family's house, stayed in their attic for four months. He got rescued by the Italians when they finally pushed up through mainland Italy. That dude came back to the States. They, every, they already had a funeral for him. They already presumed he was dead. Came back to the states, got re- like got with another unit, then went back over and continued to fly missions until the end of the war. I was like, when my like, when I finally understood when I was a you know an adult, I finally understood like what that meant. I was like, holy mother of God, that dude has like four or five like fucking air medals. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, <laughs> my grandfather has three Purple Hearts. Three. Yeah, my, my I think my grand my great uncle landed on Normandy with First Ranger Battalion. Jesus, or well, Point to Hawk. Okay, and, like, <laughs> like, and hey. that dude, he finally got out. He got his third purple, purple Heart somewhere in like fucking France, and they finally sent him home. And he's like, I didn't want to go home. And I met that dude when I was seven years old, like what I remember, obviously. And I remember him telling my dad, he's like, I I didn't want to go home after I got my third one, but they said it was I had to go home. Yeah, and that just blows my mind. Like you had that, and you had that level. You had that level of soldier at that time, and personal sacrifice. Like, and like is, now, you like you could if a dude got shot today, like they'd be like, "Now nah, fuck this, I'm going home." Like fuck that shit. Well, and that, that's the thing. Like you're supposed to live your army values. Yeah, personal courage is one of those army values. It is like the most forgotten army value. Yeah, in the current army values, duty as well. Duty, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Duty is another one. Like there is no sense of duty. To not just yourself, 
Like it's like they don't have any type of self motivation. Yeah. But they also do not have the duty to the soldiers around them. Agreed. And so if they don't have that, what makes you think of their duty to their home country? Yeah. Like their patriot their patriotism. Yeah. Like when when you're that much of a and we went woo way. Yeah, we we just <laughs> Like we're, we're broad stroke this whole broad topic. the whole topic here, and I mean, there's so much more to be said about the topic. We're going on almost an hour and twenty three minutes, almost an hour and a half. Yeah, dang, that's a lot of talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, my throat's getting scratchy. Anywho, but uh, whenever it comes to you know having versus GWAT of of past and prior. GWAT, peacetime, Vietnam, Korea, even going to World War Two. Yeah. yeah, all the way into World War Two. There's still some of them vets. Yeah, they're, around they're few there. and far between, but they're few still and around. Far between, but they're still around. Um, when you take those types of soldiers and compare them to today's, it's it's a hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a one eighty. Yeah, it's a flip of a coin. Like, and it's it's a lot of it is not the problem of like culture today is a problem. Yeah, but. The initial problem of today's soldier is initial training. Yeah, I agree. It is Agreed. that is like the number one problem that I can probably say, hey, because of our lack of training discipline and instilling these values into our soldiers. Like, but even then, it's not even the, it's not the um, it's not the drill sergeant's problem. Like it, it's, it's not their like, fault. It's not their fault. No, yeah. it is not the drill sergeant's fault. It is it higher is, than him. It is Tradoc's fault. It is it is a hundred percent first level. Arms. It goes from the from the Pentagon hell all the way up to the the presidential administration. It is their absolutely fault. because you cannot instill poor values and poor discipline. I'll into, even say this: it, it, it is a super unpopular opinion. But like, so take for instance Germany, nineteen forty four. Ninety-five percent of the German army like knew that like the downfall of the military or their you know the the German army, whether it's the army, the Luftwaffe, the SS, whatever, Kriegsmarine, all all four of their branches, they knew it was like they were going to lose the war. Oh, uh, and it was because yeah, they were you know, their, their leader's the fault. But until until April or May or ni- of nineteen forty-five, they fought tooth and nail. And it wasn't because of some ideology that, you know, the world obviously says now, like, oh, the Ger- every German soldier is bad, or they, they fought for that same ideology. It was for the dude to the left and right of them. Yeah. And so, like, <clears throat> we have... We and if say, anyone understands they, anything about actual American and world history, they would understand that the, the people that were to blame for 90% of Germany's problems positions. was... Absolutely, politicians. That's that's one. that's for every. That is for literally every war that's ever been fought in the past hundred years. Hell, two hundred years is politicians. Politicians. They started them. Like they. Like I don't and think they I can. I, can them. I think I can speak for both of us. Like we didn't go to the Middle East for you know any for whatever the fucking political Aligned ideology was, was. Like it was like I'm I gotta going go for him. I was, first off, I was told to go. Yeah. Second off, I was like I would like to make sure that everybody. Regardless of whether I like him or not, comes back because well, I don't want that like, weight on my fucking. Conscience. Especially in today's time, like my wife's like, "Why do you got to go again? Like if if you got to go, 
and you get called, you know, you could get out of it. And yeah, there's ways. There's there are ways. ways. There's always ways to get out of a deployment. It, it's 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 pretty not that crappy. Hard, actually, it's, yeah. it's pretty crappy to do it. Might I add, but it's not that hard. But it's not hard. And if my wife, my wife's like, well, it's gonna be put such a strain on our. I was like, I don't care if my presence, if my knowledge could save a soldier or yeah. one of the soldiers in that line. My obligation is to be there. Yeah. As an NCO, as a soldier who signed his name on the dotted line, that is my obligation to do. Like, you know, if if I don't do that and someone does end up dying. Yeah, I was going to say, God forbid you, you don't go on the deployment and somebody gets fucked up. Like, that's going to weigh on you. <laughs> Not just weigh on me. Like, that that would put me in the bracket of 22 a day. Mm-hmm. Like, that that is one of those that would haunt me. There was a guy so much to where there's a guy who he co-owns a company called GBRS. Uh, DJ Shipley, he was a Navy SEAL dev group operator. Yeah, super too. fucking yeah, super cool dude. Um, he said it uh, the perp like he's he explained it perfectly talking about extortion seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like he said it. Um, I was actually listening to that podcast day in the gym. He said. Uh, He's like, think about the dude that went home because he had a kid born or missed the deployment because he had like a shoulder shoulder surgery or some type of surgery. It's, it's going to weigh on that dude forever. Forever. And that that is a – that it's one of those things that's – if it's not your fault that you didn't go on the deployment, don't let it eat you. Like get out of your headspace. Yeah, but if you purposefully got, if you could have made it like an actionable difference. Yeah, if, on if, if you knew you could have, then that that should weigh hard. Now it should weigh on you a little bit at least. Yeah, but it shouldn't. It shouldn't drive you to that ultimate. No, no, like, no. And I know it's extremely hard not to like because yeah. I know in my headspace and the way that I think, like if, if like if somebody within my group, like within my platoon. Within my platoon, first platoon, anybody within like my friend group, like something were to happen with them and I wasn't there, like it would fuck me up to the point where I don't know, yeah, how like, I, I really back from, yeah, like if I really that makes don't. sense. Like, even even some of the dudes that I don't like, like even if they're they all my guy, same, like yeah. even on my same like, um, like level as far as like rank and experience, like I I don't know what the fuck I do, like honestly, no, I and like. It's just it's one of those things, but I don't think the, I don't think the modern dude, like as far as like guys coming into the army or the military in general, I don't think they have that same like sense of duty. Yeah, I don't think they sense have that same personal like, courage and responsibility. That mentality. I don't yeah. think they have that same mentality. It, it's not there. Yeah, it's just it's it's the plain and simple down and dirty explanation of it. Like this whole topic can be literally found under it's not there. Yeah, it's not. It's not instilled to them. They don't. Have, they didn't. They didn't grow up the same way. They didn't grow up under like. They don't remember watching some of the shit that's happened in the past twenty-two and, and, years. In their in their defense, it's not their fault. But it's not. But as it all harkens back to their initial training, I'm telling you, that's where it's at. Yeah. If they do like not, taking away the shark attack and going to that yeah, fucking that was the worst the, move that the, the army could have ever done. The first hundred meters or whatever the fuck it was. That, like the, who gives a shit? Like no, that does not give an impressionable action to this soldier. The only the to only be way a soldier, the only way I can see it being better than the shark attack for the first hundred meters if they were dropping fucking Artie Sims, they had dudes out there with two forty. Oh, do you points. remember? Do you remember in your initial training the the crawl to death? 
Oh, the, the fucking Nick at Night? The Nick at Night. Holy shit. I was, yeah, yeah, that shit is fucking... They still do it. Yeah, they, they do still do it. Now, it's, but, it's really dumbed down. I've seen some of the initial... I'll tell you this. I had, Nick like, at Night that in my In my entire there. eight, <laughs> almost... My eight, almost nine years of service... That is the most scared I've ever been. That was the most scared and hardest crawl I've ever done in my life. Because I remember I was fucking crawling under the barbed wire, and I remember rotating my head to the side and just seeing the fucking traces Traces. going over me. I was like, holy, this is fucking real. And they're actually shooting at me. And it's really not that far of a distance, but I remember halfway through that distance. It was like a 100 meter crawl. Yeah, but I remember my arms burning so much because my head, I literally dirted my head the whole time. I was taking half a dirt nap because I I didn't want to go... Any higher than I want. I remember I got I got done and I got you know I got up to the you know they had the tower in the middle right there. Mm-hmm. I got done. I remember the uh, like the I think the senior drill or yeah senior drill sergeant looked down and he's like what the fuck are you doing? I was like I'm still crawling drill sergeant. He's like get the fuck up you're done. Yeah. Like, oh shit. I remember <laughs> I remember getting done and just laying there for a minute. I was I was told that it, get up you're done. I, was, I remember just kind of laying there. Am I really? Because I still have the machine guns going off. <laughs> Am I really done? Is this a trick? Don't don't do this. Don't to fuck me. with me. <laughs> <laughs> like my mental headspace was blown at the time. Like my little civilian head head eighteen year old head at the time was like. But I think that was like honestly like looking back on it, that was like if turning, you're going that was to do the, that was your the hundred meter. Soldiers' march that they came up with in today's world—that's the soldiers' march. Yeah, I know. I agreed because I remember prior to that, I didn't really have that that mental like that headspace of like. Yeah, you don't have a headspace. But then after that, like the fucking world turned for me. And there were some people that freaked out during it because you, oh, yeah. you, know, you have to crawl up the ladder and you yeah. get over the wall and climb down. It, it, there were some people who couldn't—they just couldn't do it. It, it and I think that's, like a, that's a the, testament to it instills in you the discipline to keep moving forward under fire. Yeah, that that's all that that Nick at night because you can't see shit. Yeah, no, <laughs> you can't see. You nothing. see the fucking tracers and the already sims going off. Yeah, all I saw, it. I all I remember was seeing dirt. I don't even remember looking. I remember up. I like I had a guy in front of me, a good buddy of mine. I went through basic with, and he's out now, but he was in front of me, and I remember just tapping the bottom of his boot had, every time, every had, like five or ten meters. I think I was I would tap his boot to make sure he was still there. Yeah, I had an old. He was an older guy. He was 40 at the time. He just barely made it, you know, and, but he was prior, prior, uh, enlisted in the Air Force. So he had to go through our initial training. He was an E5. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing here? But he was in front. I remember watching him crawl over the wall first. And when I, when I made it over and started, I would always kind of tap his boot. Yeah. Like every time that I would catch up to him, cause I was crawling like, like I remember my first 50 meters, I was, I was going sitting there fucking sucking wind. Sucking wind, man. I was going as fast as I could. I was like, I need to get done with this. This is something crazy. Like, I've never experienced this in my life. And I'm just, I keep hitting him trying to make him go faster. I mean, he's 40 years old. Yeah. So he's obviously not moving like fast, fast. Like, my little 18 year old butt was definitely catching up to him. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was in, I was at the time in the best running shape and cardiovascular shape of my life. And uh, I remember always hitting his boot, and I I hit his boot for like the third or fourth time, and I remember just laying there, just my head in the dirt. I just kind of looked up a little bit. I was like, peeked my head up to see how far I had to go. And you see the fucking tower there. I see like, the tower, and I'm damn, like, damn, man, like I still got forever to go, and this guy's going so slow. Uh, I mean, 
that those are impressionable moments in basic that I remember. Yeah. Like, I don't remember a lot of basic. A lot of but then other hard. than that, like, after that, like, nothing phased me. No, nothing like, did. Like, nothing phased me. I, 12, I remember 12, 16-mile ruck march after that. Nah, I'm good. Like, fuck I was PG at the time, too. So no I was, factor. My butt was in the middle leading the leading the platoon in in the ruck marches, and it didn't phase me at remember, all. Remember, I remember hurting. Remember during the uh, And I know all my ruck marches? marches now. I'm terrible. I'm like, oh, I'm done. Remember yeah. doing? The, remember doing those? And you like you'd stop and yeah. give you like the fifteen minute or fifteen like, minute rest. Or yeah, whatever. I remember uh, getting like laying down, like making sure everybody else was good. And I remember getting down behind. Home security is what they called it. But and you I remember getting down on M sixteen, and I, was, I had like my Kevlar like perfectly placed on the bus stop, and it was like <sighs> like fucking like catching a five minute nap, yeah. and then like you know, like, all right, minute, let's go. Yeah, that five minute nap was freaking killer. <laughs> I remember that much. Like you, you just lay there. You found the perfect position. Yeah. That. Would just hold your head up so you could take that nap. And it's like bliss. Yeah. But it was, it's one of those like, you're not sleeping. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. You're not really sleeping. Yeah. You're, you're stretching your eyes. Exactly. You're, your mental headspace is still in the game. But and then you get up and you're like, all right, let's yeah. keep trucking. Keep trucking. Yeah. And like, that is missed into, like, that's, it's missed in today's initial. Yeah. It's just I how agree. it is. Like, and I, don't, I can't speak for across the board, but in the United States Army, how it is right now, you're missing it, man. You're missing yeah. you're missing the big time of how to of how to instill discipline, and it is not this little hundred meter dash. Yeah, it's the not the first hundred yards or whatever the fuck. Yeah, they call it's, it. it's not. And the best like the best representation of it, the best way to like really look at it and see like that it's kind of a farce was <clears throat> Sergeant Major of the Army went down to I think actually I think it was Fort Benning. And talk to a basic trainee. He's like, hey, you know, like, what are you, what's your first impressions of the first 100 meter? He's like, honestly, it's like, I thought it was going to be easier. Like, that's, like, that tells you everything. Yep. Like, talking to the Sergeant Major of the Army, you tell him, like, I, I assumed it was going to be a lot harder than what it is. Yeah, this, this was kind of easy. Like, and whenever, whenever your training does not match expectation, it actually does affect the morale of how these troops are going to, yeah, I, I really think it's a detriment. It is, it's it a is detriment a to the force because you're not, you're not giving the soldier their the training they deserve. Like yeah. you're not putting them in the headspace they need to be. Like if there's anything that a recruit deserves, they they deserve the best training. The best to training get them to get, especially the best initial mentally training. and physically prepared for anything they might. Because outside of initial training in AIT, really, what school do, you, do they go to? That's not either a gentleman's course or anything close to that. There isn't minus like maybe your promotion schools, yeah. If that your NCO DPS or whatever, yeah, PDs. That, that that like that is it. That is all you get. So for unless an they decide to go that that you know that special yeah, unless you go you're the special boys yeah. Like unless but you have to be in the mental headspace to do that. That's a lot of training to get there. Yeah, and it has to be a goal. Yeah, like I agree. Wait, I know for me waking up at four in the morning, like I have to wake up tomorrow at like three thirty in the morning. To do my, I'm doing a 16 tomorrow. To, yeah. And yeah. like a 16 rep tomorrow and I'm going to be at work at, I'm, I'm shooting for six o'clock. I've yeah. given myself some back end time. If worse comes to worse and my freaking hips fell out on me or something, like I'm, I'm not in the shape right now to know that I can be like, yeah, I can make that in no time. Yeah. Like I'm still giving myself some lead time, which is fine because I know, I know where I'm at. 
But when you don't have an initial goal when you join, and you're joining either because it's free college or it's free whatever, and you you don't give these soldiers the initial training to get them in the headspace of being a soldier. Yeah, they're still a civilian. No, I agree. Like you you have not you have not selected and trained the soldiers that you deserve to have in your army in, to create the esprit de corps that you're supposed to have. Yeah. Like, that that's why esprit de corps is such a... There you should have, like, some sort of, is, like, well, sense of in pride. In Old Army, that was, such, that was such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, like you, you remember, uh, oh, who was it that said it? Jason. Yeah, remember when Jason would be like, esprit de corps, that's like the bedrock, that's the foundation yeah. of your soldiering. Yeah, it makes, like he said, the uh, esprit de corps makes uh, a good unit great. Yeah, that's exactly what it does. Like, for instance, I'm sorry. 82nd Airborne. 82nd Airborne has like, a fucking fantastic, fantastic esprit de corps. And they've got the history to back it up. Absolutely. And that that's like that's why you should, whenever you put on that maroon beret, you should be proud of it. Yeah. But the problem is that we're encountering with a lot of y'all now is y'all don't have any spree before. That's why you're mouth breathers. <laughs> like, like yeah. essentially, like that's that's what it is. Like you're you're missing the mark. You're you're not living up to what to what, what is, those have done in the past. It, you it, look at you look at the A State Airborne's heritage, heritage from World War Two and up. Like they've done some phenomenal fucking work. Absolutely. Same with the 101st. Like they've Absolutely. done some phenomenal. They made a whole fucking mini series about the 101st. Easy company. Easy. Yep. Easy fucking company. band of brothers. Yeah. Like you're talking about dudes who've done what we would consider today that almost is, the impossible. That is your heritage. Okay. And I'll give a you, shit what anybody says. Like, you should take fucking pride in that. Absolutely. You're wearing that. Like, patch. You're, you're wearing it. You're like that I is, am. You know, Private Joe Snuffy and, in the 101st. And that's why, like, rah rah division, yah yah. You know, if you if you're like that, I'm not gonna fault you. That is your esprit de corps. You you are trained to be the best. Yeah, supposedly. Agreed. Like that 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 is that should be drilled into your mental headspace. Yeah, that that should be because that that is your esprit de corps. Now, granted, don't be a mouth breather about it. I get it, but take pride in your heritage of your unit that you get a get to be attached to. Agreed. Like our unit goes all the way back to World War One. Yeah. And drop dropping freaking yeah. dropping uh, putting goddamn warheads on foreheads. Yep. Yeah, for the for the past hundred years, we killed dudes for over a hundred years. Yep, and that that is our that is our spree de corps. If you do not take pride in the fact that we have fought in every war zone in the past hundred years, then <laughs> hey man, something's wrong with you. Yeah, like the, take pride in that. Like yeah, you might not have been there, but that is your heritage. Yeah, like. I agree. Like that—that's your heritage. That's what you have to live up to as a soldier, and that—that's what your headspace should be. Is when when you join and you get attached to whatever unit you you get the privilege to be a part of. I don't care if you if your esprit de corps is so low whenever you get there, yeah, and your morale is low. You know that freaking live up to the best moments of your freaking unit. I I like to uh, one thing that helps me get through like the super hard times. Um, is I always think back that there's dudes who've done a whole lot more with a whole lot, a lot less. less. And, you know, you know what you might think is hard, they might think is easy. And there's dudes that have done a lot harder things. And, and 
never think that you're the like. There's always somebody that's done done your job before you. Yeah. There always has been. There always will be. Even if you're in an initial, like everybody, everybody who's worn the uniform has gone through some form of basic training. Yep. And they made it through, just fine. So if you're like a new soldier and you somehow end up falling upon our podcast, man, look, the army does need you. We need new soldiers. Yeah. Badly. Like yeah. our retention is terrible. Terrible. Because of just because of how the the army has gotten, and if. If your headspace is, hey, I want to join, I want to, I'm not just a patriot, but I want, I want to make something of myself. Mm-hmm. Like I want to get in a good headspace. Yeah, and I want to maintain a good headspace. Like, then join. Don't listen to shit don't, bags. Don't don't associate yourself with pieces of crap that only want to make you stoop to their level. Yeah, like that's all they want you to do. They yeah. want they want to they want the validation. Board. Yeah, they want the validation and an echo chamber per se. Yeah, to whenever they say something, you're like, oh yeah, that this is terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like fuck the army. Yeah, man. yeah, this is bullshit. Yeah, like that. No, like that shouldn't be your headspace because if it is, then your time in the military is not only going to be short, but it's going to be miserable. Yeah, like miserable to the point where you. You will never enjoy it. Like, that was my father's mentality, all right? My father was in the 90s, peacetime. Yeah. Like, he hated the Air Force simply because of who he was with. Yeah. Like, the people who he was with literally brought him to a level that made him hate his life. And that's why, like, he's like, you need to be careful with the military, you know. It's, it'll bring you to places where you don't want to be, blah, blah, blah. I get that. It's all about it. who you surround yourself Exactly. With. Like, who who your battle is. Like, yeah, going back to freaking AIT and basic jargon, like that initial effect of hey, you have a battle buddy and who your battle buddy is is going to affect how your brain operates. Not only in a garrison environment, but if you do get to deploy to a combat zone, yeah, like if you're not in the right headspace before you go, when you get there, everything is just going to be expounded upon. Yeah, like everything just. Every small problem that you had before you left turns into the biggest problem of all life. Because your headspace just isn't in the mission, and it's not surrounding yourself with the core group of guys that you need to surround yourself with. And that's why, like me, I whenever someone's like, well, I'm getting out, screw this, this is terrible. I'm like, bro, I love you, man, I do. And I'll always be there if you need me. But I'm not surrounding myself with you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't. Do it I, I don't want my head. I don't want my headspace with that. Yeah, because if I get, because I I've been there and I was one of those guys that said. I think everybody. I think everybody's been at that. To, point at, at, that at a point, point. Yeah. because of like, especially as an E four like a specialist. Yeah, like, I think that's where everyone encounters it. Yeah, because that sham shield is powerful as all get out. Yes, it is. It carries a whole it, lot of weight, and then it carries way. a lot of weight on how you conduct yourself as a soldier, and. If you allow yourself to be surrounded by fellow E4s that are, are the sham, are, is the sham shield mafia. Yeah, they live that. You know, they live mafia. that. They live that E4 mafia life. You know, if if they're that detrimental to you, bro, cut ties, man. It's, yeah, that's just what you're gonna have to do, or else you're gonna be so miserable that whenever you do get out, you're going to miss it. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Yeah. Anyone who I've ever talked to that's ever gotten out of the military, 
misses some part of the military. Yeah. They miss their boys. It's the number one thing I always hear mm-hmm. is, hey, man, I'm, I just miss hanging out with the guys. Yep. Well, you do understand that you can hang out with your guys and stay in if you're in a good mental headspace. Now, granted, if you're moving on to bigger, better things, I get it. Yeah. Like, if you're making more money somewhere and you need to do this for your family, I do not fault you for getting out whatsoever. I don't care. Yeah, but don't, forget every, don't bring everybody else down. Exactly, on your way out. Yeah. Like, if, if you're getting out, get out quietly, man. Just peace out. Do your job. Do your... Do your duties until you you sign that DD-214. Yep. And then once you sign it, then I don't care what you say on Facebook. You can say piss on <laughs> say, whatever. Fuck the army, man. <laughs> but you're, you're literally killing... You're killing lower enlisted morale, and you're killing good soldiers that... You're killing the potential of a good soldier yeah. by your terrible... I mean, you're, you, you could be talking to the you know the future Star Major of the Army. Yeah, you or don't know. would-be candidate for the future Star, Star Major exactly. of the Army who can make fantastic change to the organization. But because of you know your mentality and how you think about it, you know you could change their whole perspective on it for the next, you know, however long their contract is. And, like, yeah, you've heard us almost the past two hours sit here and be like, oh, these new soldiers are crap, blah, 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 blah. We're not saying that it is your fault if you're a new soldier and if you are not. You have the power to to make that change. Exactly. You have the power to change yourself in your own mentality, but you yourself are going to have to do it. You're not going to have initial training to do it for you. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, it's not going to come around to, hey, someone is going to do this for me. You have to have the willpower and the mentality of, hey, I'm. I unfortunately was not blessed with this aspect of my military life, but I can make it that. I can make it to where I wanted it to be. Yeah. And you have the power to do that, and you have the power to change the morale of your whole unit. Like, morale is low. Yeah. Across the board. Yeah. Like, because people are either in, in their echoing chambers listening to everyone cry and moan and whine. Yeah. Or they just they just see how the army is going and they're like, well, we can't change it. Piss on this, I'm done. And then they get out. Yeah. Or you can have guys like us that are like, look, we see the shortcomings, we see the, we see how it is. We're not going to let it affect how we conduct our mission. Yeah. And how we conduct well, ourselves. As I, the only thing, the only thing I really want is the force to be better and stronger. Absolutely. Not like, only the, not just the NCO and the officer corps, but down to the, uh, lower enlisted as well. Brand new soldier. Like, yeah. all I want is to see every dude succeed, um, and everything they do in their life and, you know, every aspect of the military without, the, outside the military. Like, be what you can be. Like, that's, that was the old, mili- that was the old army slogan. Wasn't yeah, it? be all you can be. Be all you can yeah. be. That's what it was. Be all you can be. And in the military, you have that opportunity to be all you can be. Yeah. Like, whatever you want to do, there is a job for that. Yeah. Like, you can do it and get a foundation of learning. And if you want to go to the civilian world and do it, they give you that they branch give you that, off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they give you that it. training. And But do not allow other people and the shortcomings of your own mind to bring you down. To yeah. A point. Don't let other people dictate how you live your life. Exactly. And how you conduct yourself because how you, 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 you know, you carry on within the military, Like, don't let other people persuade you in a negative way. I'll, I'll put it that way. Exactly. Cause there's always going to be those, those people that persuade you in a positive way. You should listen to them. 
Yeah, there, there's, those, within yeah our military there's always but, there's always positive influence in in your military career somewhere. You will always encounter a positive influence. Yeah, there. The, the morale is never going to get so low to wherever someone's just everyone's going to be like screw you. And if it's like that, you know, I apologize profusely. Yeah, that is not your fault. That is not your shortcoming. But you have the power to change that. Agreed. Like, I remember Alpha's morale before we, you know, we all came over. Yeah, yeah before it was we came, it was, it was it was like, I mean, these guys just came back from their deployment, and they were at the lowest of low. You know, yeah. people like half the unit got out mm-hmm. because of how things were conducted. Yep. On that deployment. Yep. And that goes back to senior NCOs and officers. Yep. I mean, but but neither here nor there. How we're going to end this pretty much up is a... Yeah. Like... Yeah, I mean, we've been going on for almost two hours. Almost now, two man. hours and all to say literally this point, if you're an initial soldier, cool. Don't expect the initial training to be hard. Yeah. But... And if you've been in for, you know, two, three years, like... It is your job to literally reach back and teach these guys how to be a soldier. Yeah. That is Agreed. literally... Yeah. At, especially at our level and yeah. at levels like us. Like, that is our job to do. Yeah. And that is what has literally been taken away in a lot of senses. Our, our section has failed you to some extent mm-hmm. because we have not given you the discipline or we have given you so so much lackadaisical time and not enough effort. Yeah. To train you to be the best you can be. And that, that's on a lot of us. Yep. But at the same time, you have to get in your mental headspace to understand that if you want to live this life and you want to be good at this life, it, it is your own prerogative to do so. Yeah. Like, you you cannot expect someone to come behind you and be like, all right, well, we're going to train you to be this and you just listen to us. Yeah. Do it yourself. You know, have the mental aptitude and the mental willpower to break away from your your negative and hostile people that you either have associated yourself or are associating yourself with and break out and do your own thing. Like, if that means moving units, move units. If that means doing something else, change, do an MOS change, do yeah. something different. Like, that. that's literally all we're trying to get. We, we're tired of this lackadaisical crap army. Yeah, is essentially what we're tired of. Agreed. Yeah. Like that that that's all our point is. But sorry for having y'all listen to us drone on for two hours. <laughs> but I appreciate y'all's time. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, like, subscribe, comment down below if you if you have any thoughts or you know, heck, if you you can disagree with us all you want. This is opinionated based channel. Definitely. And yeah, uh, like it. We're We're not trying to come at, we're coming at you with more opinions than we are a lot of written facts. But yeah, everything we've said is basically opinion based on what we've seen. But most of this isn't documented in current days because no one wants to talk about this. Yeah. Like this is not something that Big Army wants to. This this isn't something they want to recognize. Yeah. Yeah. But But, yeah, we appreciate y'all's time, guys. All right. Thank you for listening to the Outlaw Podcast today. Remember, like, subscribe, and share. If you enjoyed what you heard, leave a comment. It helps us. Also, we're open to taking any um, any topics. Just give us some time to do some research. And once again, we will release episodes once a week uh, if you enjoy. <laughs>